to In the Weeds, a podcast dedicated to discussing everything to do with food sustainability and urban agriculture, indoor growing, food insecurity, resource consumption, and anything else we think is exciting or important. I'm your host, Avery Parkinson. In recent years, rooftop gardens have gained a lot of popularity for bringing a bit of nature into dense urban centers where free space doesn't necessarily abound. Sometimes it's just meant to add some greenery and a nice place to spend time, but sometimes it can also be used to grow food. Today, we're going to be talking about rooftop farming. We first spoke with Rosa Molliner, who is the Community Outreach Coordinator at Leafa Farms. Can you talk about the need that Lufa Farms was designed to fill and why you think the work you do fits so well into Montreal's existing food system? The need that Lufa Farms was designed to create or to fill was uh, by growing food where people live and doing it more responsibly. We are on rooftops, so we have our greenhouses that are on rooftops, and that way we're able to produce food year-round, um, which isn't necessarily possible um, in our climate. So we are located in Quebec, uh, Canada, so it's not always conducive to growing year-round. Um, and we also work with uh, local farmers, artisans, food makers um, to, to create that local uh, food engine. So we, we play a, a role in both growing, but also you know creating links uh, to people uh, to their food. One of Lufa Farms' missions is to reconnect users with where their food comes from. How are you going about doing that? We grow on, on rooftops in the city where people live, uh, so growing on rooftops. Uh, we also tell our partners stories. So if you, if you look at our marketplace, you'll see that every product has a kind of a story about where that, pro- uh, for that food's from, who grows it or who bakes it, etc. So really reconnecting. And we also have open houses in our community program, which teaches in-school visits. Uh, we host, uh, you know, weekend workshops and also our, our greenhouse, our Hunts at Greenhouse is open to the public. So that's how we really try to, to reconnect people with uh, uh, their food. Why do you think this idea of people knowing where their food comes from is important? So it's the ability of, of essentially making an informed decision, you know, uh, it's quality, it's freshness, it's reconnecting people to where food, where their food is from and how it's grown. So um, that's really important when you decide to, I guess, buy locally. Have you noticed any changes in the general public's or at least your clients' understanding of food production? Especially in the past year, there's been a big shift um, towards people's understanding of the supporting the local food system. Um, And we definitely saw this, um, you know, last year when our uh, subscriber base doubled overnight. Um, And we've and we've uh, stayed pretty consistent since then. So since last year, there hasn't been a major drop off. So we've kept that growth throughout. So that really demonstrates how, you know, people's interest is peaking towards local food, uh, food that's grown more responsibly. Um, and that's what we're trying to embody right here at, uh, at Lufa Farms. One of Lufa's philosophies is that rooftop farms are not meant to replace local farms. Can you talk about why partnership is important? So we grow in our greenhouse itself, we grow about 75 varieties of produce, um, but partnering with local farms, this gives our 
our Lufravores, or that's how we call our clients, um, access to so many more products. So, uh, such as potatoes and carrots that, you know, you aren't really, you can't really grow them hydroponically. Um, so that's, that's what that does. And also we have, they have access to so many other products as well. So anything from, you know, bread and dairy or plant-based, you know, options and local farmers that might be growing elsewhere in Quebec, um, they now have access to different clients um, that they might have not had access to in their kind of regular um, area. So they have access to the Montreal market, for example, or uh, near Ottawa, so Gatineau, even Mont-Tremblant um, and kind of the eastern townships. What do you think the future of food looks like and how do you hope that rooftop farming fits into it? We're definitely trying to to grow more sustainably, doing it with less resources, um, growing food where people live, having, you know, more rooftop farms. And I think it's important that people um, also that are other producers and other people that grow as well um, look into more sustainable or, you know, better ways of growing food. We're definitely trying to to grow more sustainably, doing it with less resources, um, growing food where people live, having, you know, more rooftop farms. And I think it's important that people um, also that are other producers and other people that grow as well um, look into more sustainable or, you know, better ways of growing food. That was Rosa Moliner. To learn more about Lufa Farms and their work, visit montreal.lufa.com. We also spoke with Antoine Trottier, who is the founder of La Ligne Vert, another Montreal-based company that builds the infrastructure for rooftop gardens. They formed a partnership with IGA Famille Duchemay and now grow and sell their produce in-store. You use a bio-intensive model to grow your food. What inspired this? How did you decide on this model? Uh, for us, like uh, the, the agriculture on the rooftop, is, uh, it makes sense. When you have a green roof, uh, you have, it provides a lot of advantage, advantages uh, for the community. Uh, and to, to make it productive, like it's, uh, it's kind of the cherry on the, on the cake. It's, uh, it's just, it makes sense. Uh, it's it's a space that is usually not used uh, for uh, a, a building owner. Sometimes the the green roof is a is a hassle because he has to to hire somebody to uh, to maintain it, and uh, that way he doesn't have to pay for that. And also, he can have a rent for a farmer, and uh, the farm on the rooftop, like it's the best space for sun for having sun, and you you don't have a lot of uh, invasive uh not invasive but uh, a lot of uh, I'll say that animals that could uh, ruin your uh, your crops or like you're kind of safe on a on a rooftop and uh so is it makes sense to, uh, <laughs> to 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 make it that way uh our project is a bit special because it's more on the economical part uh of the spectrum um compared to other projects in urban agriculture that are more educational. Uh, our, our aim was to, to prove that it can be uh, sustainable and uh, that it's a good, uh, it's a good model for, for other buildings. What are you aiming to achieve through your green roof? 
Uh, the, the the green roof on the the, the farm on the green roof. Uh, it's kind of a it's been it's been there. Like uh, of course we've visited uh, the Brooklyn Ranch before that, uh, which is a, an amazing project, and we got inspired by that. And we we told ourselves when we visit. I, I was with Pat and. We told ourselves like we can do that, like we can do the exactly the same thing. And uh, at the time, we had uh, <coughs> we are friends with um, a, a farmer that wanted to to try it too. And uh, it's been a bit, uh, uh, I'll say, a strain of luck, or like uh, uh, we've been lucky to to find this project. Uh, it was big enough, so it would make sense. And. Uh, why we uh, we cultivate in a biointensive way? It's uh, it's just like uh, it's just the way it is <laughs> these days. Like uh, uh, we have a strong movement. Uh, I think it's worldwide, but uh, in Quebec, there's a book uh, that uh, that I've been really uh, uh, promoting that, and a lot of uh, young people have uh, uh, been inspired by this book. It's called uh, Le, Le Fermier Maraîcher. So it's a book about biointensive, like. An example of a, uh, a guy, Jean-Martin Fortier, who, uh, who decided to make uh, a farm for his family, to, to make uh, him and his family live uh, through uh, biointensive uh, farming. And uh, he's been really um, uh, keen on uh, giving all his tips and uh, tricks so people could do the same as him. So it's, uh, it's kind of a, he inspired a, really a movement in Quebec. So we are too inspired by that. Since you've started in at the IGA, have you noticed any changes in your clients' interest in where their food comes from or how it's produced? Uh, a bit like uh, the, the project, the way it's structured. Like we are the, the farmers and we sell to Sobeys, uh, which sells the, 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 the produce to uh, the, the IGA, so the grocery store uh, and the, uh, on the main floor. So there's a bit of uh, disconnection uh, from the, the grower to uh, to uh, the, the the buyer, uh, but after the first year, like uh, uh, we've made a debriefing with uh, the the Duchemin brothers, who are the, the owners of the, the grocery store, and um, yeah, the, just in terms of numbers uh, and uh, just the stories they've heard through the, their clients, because they're, they're pretty close to their clients and. Uh, They've seen like uh, people switching from uh, uh, buying uh, normal products to go to uh, organic products produced on the on the roof, and uh, they, they they've seen it like uh, in terms of number, like the increase in sales because it was more attractive, and uh, people didn't want to buy their the vegetables in this uh, this grocery store. They they much prefer, uh, for example, going to the the market. But because we were there, like the people were getting to the, the store to, to buy this so it, it can be pretty attractive uh, for for them and uh and what's cool about the project too is um like the, there's a a place in the grocery store with uh, all our vegetables and they even it's all a, a tv screen so we can see uh, the the farmers uh, doing their work doing the, the, while you're uh, doing your grocery your groceries so it's kind of cool <laughs> and uh yeah and of course, there's all kind of uh, <clears throat> visits, a visit with schools uh, around, and um, like it, uh, it has attracted attention. So we we give it back. How has partnering with the IGA influenced your success, but also the IGA success? There's yeah, there's so many uh, 
so many beneficial uh, things happening with this partnership. Like for just on the production level, as I said, like everything we produce is sold on site, so we don't have to uh, to uh, to organize any transport, uh, the time uh, to to sell at the market. Like it's uh, it's really labor intensive too. So this has been great. Uh, of course, uh, Sobase and IG are huge brands and solid brands that uh, it, it makes us uh, more uh, more uh, credible and it's a huge uh, it's a huge uh, company they have many projects they have other grocery stores uh, coming so we're always part of the the, the, the discussion we are uh, an option for uh, other stores and uh, uh, having the success we had like with this project like it helps to uh, to build other like the the aim uh, is to make more uh, of this this kind of project to have uh, a group of farms so uh, it can be uh, beneficial for the farmers like to have uh, something consolidated like one uh, one place uh, that we buy like in a uh, huge stock like the the seeds uh, the all the the entrance for uh, for the, the the roof and uh, it can be uh, good for farmers too uh, in the future that that comes uh, with these projects. So they can concentrate on cultivating and not necessarily selling and marketing. So uh, I think it's a, a good aspect of the, this partnership. Like we can concentrate concentrate on the word. That was Antoine Trottier. To learn more about his work and the work of La Lingvert, visit their website, lingvert.net. Now, rooftop gardening for all its benefits of creatively using space, accessing healthy produce, affording greenery, and forging partnerships, it does have a lot of secondary benefits which we might not immediately think about. We spoke with Tamar Almeida, a graduate student in civil engineering at Ryerson University. My name is Tamar Almeida. I'm a PhD candidate in civil engineering at Ryerson University. Uh, working with Professor Dr. Ximovic. Uh, our project is a part of the Design Lives program. Design Lives is an NSERC funded program that trains engineers, architects, and scientists to design and implement green infrastructure. Um, in terms of what my research focuses on, my research focuses on the environmental benefits of a green infrastructure which of course includes rooftop farms. Uh, these environmental benefits include urban stormwater management and microclimate improvement. Although there were a few studies on rooftop farms, most of these focus on the social and economic aspects, but did not consider environmental benefits that would help us as we are increasingly experiencing uh, climate change. A critical step towards a better understanding of the environmental uh, benefits of green infrastructure is to monitor their performance where did you get the inspiration to study this idea and why do you think your research is necessary? During my undergraduate and graduate studies, I became highly interested in green infrastructure. Um, you know, research does not lie. It, it is based on, on scientific evidence. And the evidence is that the green infrastructure can provide multiple benefits to the environment and the well-being of people. Uh, but I also realized that um, there is difficulty in convincing decision and policymakers on the importance of a green infrastructure. So, um, you know, uh, uh, green infrastructure does provide multiple benefits, 
and we do need to convince the policy makers and decision makers on the, on the importance of green infrastructure. Um, there is some advancement on this uh, and you know within the Canadian context so yes we do have some good regulations about green infrastructure but this is not the case in many countries around the world. So this is the starting point where I became passionate to show and quantify the benefits of a green infrastructure which which would encourage a wider implementation and perhaps future funding as well. Uh, I believe this is important because uh, with the rising problem of climate change, we need to start thinking about how green infrastructure would help us adapt to climate change. Climate change negatively impacts the environment in different ways. We now have extreme rainfall events that result in floods. We are also experiencing higher temperatures, especially in urban areas. Um, so as I mentioned, uh, monitoring is, is a crucial step, uh, sorry, this is not something I mentioned, but uh, one of the things I want to talk about is the monitoring of a green infrastructure. So uh, monitoring is a crucial step uh, to understand and to quantify the benefits of a green infrastructure. Whether it is outdoor or, or indoor gardening, the performance would be different. And to provide benefits, we need to monitor their performance. The problem is that typical monitoring is not easy. It is costly, you need to buy expensive equipment, and uh, you need to hire workforce that you know can do regular site visits and do the maintenance activities. This is why I utilize the concept of the Internet of Things, or what is known shortly as IoT. Uh, so, in, in, in my study, which allowed me to carry out the monitoring using low-cost sensors and that also reduced the human interference. Uh, so, right now, there are many opportunities where uh, owners of a green infrastructure can monitor their uh, systems with or, or at a reduced cost. Why do you think rooftop gardening is important for urban agriculture and how do you think your research adds to that? You know, urban agriculture is uh, not always uh, possible in cities uh, due to the fact that cities generally are, are, are crowded. So we do have lack of space on the ground level. And uh, w this is where rooftop farming become, uh, becomes you know, an opportunity. So we do have a lot of buildings. It's an urban area. Uh, uh, it's an urban area, but, you know, those roofs or in, in most cases, roofs are not utilized to, to be as... Uh, uh, urban rooftop farms. So uh, the idea is that, you know, we can take advantage of, uh, of the space on the roof to start, you know, doing some agricultural activities, which would help uh, everyone, the environment, the society, and, and you know, uh, uh, all the members of the community as well. For listeners who don't know, can you explain what the Internet of Things is? And how is the Internet of Things being used in this research context? Sure. Um, so the Internet of Things uh, refers to the internet working of objects that are equipped with sensing and communication technologies to share data and information on the internet. So this is just the general definition of it. Uh, but in the context of my research, we can think about it as many low-cost sensors that are distributed around, let's say, an, a rooftop urban farm, measures uh, or measure continuously and in real time the environmental parameters of, uh, of, of, of the firm and sending those parameters over the internet to a dashboard that a user can view from their place without the need to, you know, to come to the site and download data or do a physical inspection. 
So in this case, uh, you know, uh, we are reducing costs and we are reducing the pressure on, on the workforce to go to the site and do uh, regular inspection. And this also, uh, you know, and is in line with something else, um, a significant barrier to implement a green infrastructure. So you can always convince people to have a green infrastructure. But the problem is that they feel that those systems may need extra care or regular inspection. So they may not have the resources, uh, the time to, you know, go and check what's, what is, you know, uh, uh, their system is, is, is doing. And uh, so with this technology, you can receive text messages or emails about a particular failure. So it's just like an alert system. And then you go and, you know, fix whatever needs to be fixing. So let's say you have a flooding in one of the drainage layers of a green roof or of a rooftop farm. Um, you know, you will receive a message, you will know that, and then you will be able to quickly uh, solve uh, this problem. How do you hope your study influences how rooftop gardening is done going forward? Um, what I want to mention here is that in 2009, um, Toronto was the first city in North America to adopt a bylaw to require and govern uh, the construction of a green roof. And that is really a great thing uh, in, in, in our city. But the bylaw itself, uh, does not indicate a uh, rooftop urban farm. So it talks generally about a green roof. There's no mentioning about uh, agricultural activities. So I'm hoping that by, uh, um, you know, by understanding the differences between typically green roof, which everyone or most of us are may be familiar with, and rooftop farms, which is actually something novel and new, I hope that the bylaw will be modified to encourage owners of the newly constructed building to implement rooftop farms or at least implement some agricultural activities on, on their rooftops. Uh, this, of course, would be governed by the structural capability of the building because, as you know, if you having a rooftop farm, then probably you, you need a, a building that could take all of this load, the produce and the crops load. And also, uh, it would require some, some funding. So it depends on uh, if there are uh, initiative funding programs available at that. Throughout the process of your research, have any secondary questions or areas of exploration come up that you think are worthy of pursuit? Uh, yes. So basically, uh, the more I research the benefits of a green infrastructure, which also include rooftop urban farms, the more I realize that the judgment, judgment should not be uh, black or white. So green infrastructure provides multiple benefits, uh, but we need to admit that some systems, some choice of a plant, of, or some, or sorry, the choice of the plant, the choice of the soil may provide some benefits, but also some drawbacks. Uh, and, and, you know, and this is where future research need to focus on how to make the best of this trade-off relationship. So, for example, you could have, uh, uh, you know, some source of a plant that provide you with a good, uh, you know, thermal benefit, but they reduce the stormwater uh, retention, on the other hand. So, yes, you are providing thermal benefit, but you're reducing the benefit of the stormwater management. So, this is also important to consider uh, when you design the project or when you design the system, and depends on where you are. So, if you are in a city that is uh, very risky in terms of flood and stormwater management, so our priority is to design for stormwater management. If the city is fine in terms of stormwater management, and the problem is that, uh, you know, climate change, high temperatures, everyone is complaining about hot summers, though perhaps we need to design for the thermal comforts of the, of the resident. 
In your opinion, what do you think the future of food looks like? Um, well, basically, I feel that, um, you know, the main benefit or the main goal of rooftop gardens uh, was to, uh, it was the food security, right? And this is, of course, one of the most important social aspects that we cannot, you know, ignore. But I believe that when, uh, for example, I'm a water resources engineer, so when engineers or um, you know, landscape architects, they touch on the technical sides. They touch on how these systems, they do not only provide us uh, food security, but they also have benefits for, uh, you know, uh, the, the climate or for, for the environment. Then you're actually encouraging for a wider adoption. So they do provide multiple benefits, whether these are economic, social, uh, or, or environmental. So, uh, yeah, I feel that, um, you know, combining the benefit of food security with other benefits would result in, in a, a wider implementation. That was Tamara Almeida. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Just Vertical and our work, follow us at Just Vertical on Twitter, Just.Vertical on Instagram, or visit our website, www.JustVertical.com. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be discussing more about urban agriculture, food sustainability, or really anything else important or exciting that we feel like talking about.